Okay, we are still talking about Abraham, our father. Okay, I, I think we, we should be so proud to, to call him our father. Uh, so this morning, uh, last week we talked about securing our name. And uh, this morning I want to talk to you about the heirs of Abraham's promise. You know, those who will inherit the promise that God gave to Abraham. Let's recall the few verses that we, we read uh, some time ago to remind ourselves that when we really believe, we are really the sons and daughters of Abraham. And when we truly believe, we also inherit the inheritance. Let's look at Galatians 3, verse 7 to verse 9. Galatians 3, verse 7 to verse 9. Understand then that those who believe are children of Abraham. The scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announce the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who have faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. Okay, so I hope through the verses you understand that we are called to inherit our Father's inheritance. We are called into the promises and blessing that God has given to Abraham. So now we want to read some verses to tell us who are the ones who really inherit the blessing of Abraham. Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11, verse 9 to 10 to begin with. Hebrews 11, verse 9 to 10. By faith, he made his home, Abraham made his home, in a promised land like a stranger in a foreign country. He lived in tents, as did Isaac and Jacob, who were heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking to the city with foundations, whose architect and builder is God. So who are the true sons of Abraham who will inherit the inheritance, the promise that God has given to him? And we read that here, you know, after Abraham, there was Isaac, there was Jacob who inherited the promise. It is not the biological sons of Abraham who will inherit the promise. Because if that is the case, it will be Isaac and uh, uh, Esau. But the Bible says Isaac and Jacob who inherit the same promise as a father. Okay, so it is the spiritual sons of Abraham that will inherit the promise. Those who have the same faith. Those who have the same sacrifice who offer the same sacrifice because it's only when you offer that ultimate sacrifice you cross the line. You seal your name. So every one of us is no exception. Like this morning when we receive a communion, I remind you that even the Lord Jesus Himself has to offer His all in order to enter His name. You know what happened to Esau 
Why wasn't he in? He was the rightful heir. He was the firstborn. But Esau was living for his flesh, living for himself. And the Bible says he was godless. And so, even though you are rightful heir, even though we, in Christ, we are supposed to inherit the inheritance as our father Abraham. But if we have entered in and we did not continue, but we continue to live in the flesh, we continue to live for ourselves, we will lose that promise that God has given to Abraham and has promised us. So it's not everyone who say, oh, I believe in Jesus, therefore I'm the children, uh, sons of Abraham, I inherit Christ. No, no. Potentially, it's, it's promised to you. But you may not enter in because of the way you live, because of the way, uh, what you live for. Okay, so, how do we live like Abraham? What kind of life was he living so that he entered into the promises? You know, how do we live like our father Abraham? So let's continue to read from verse 11. By faith, Abraham, even though he was past age and Sarah herself was barren, was enabled to become a father because he considered him faithful who had made the promise. And so from this one man, and he as good as dead, came descendants as numerous the stars in the sky and as countless as the sand on the seashore. Verse 13, And all these people, everyone who inherit the promise of Abraham, all these people, no exception, all these people were still living by faith when they died. They did not receive the things promised They only saw them and welcomed them from a distance. And they admit that they were aliens and strangers on earth. Let me just pause here and and just share with you how encouraging this verse is for me. Because I'm talking about the kingdom of God all the time. But I know I will not see what I'm talking about most of the time because the kingdom of God is so great and so huge and it will take generation after generation to fulfill what I'm talking about. Right? So here, this is this man of faith, those who live by faith, they know what they are talking about is not going to come to pass in their generation. Because it's so huge. And they welcome it from a distance. They saw it. They know it's true. Even though they're not going to see it yet. They're just beginning to walk in it. They know it's true. That's why they talk about it. They welcome it from a distance. And so this brings me tremendous comfort and assurance because sometimes people are just looking to a pastor and say, well, he talks about the kingdom. You know, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? And, and so they minus the word of God. They minus the word of faith. And this morning, don't you dare to minus the word of God because it's true. 
We live by faith. We are not living by sight. If we are living by sight, what do we do? I'll talk about our limitations. I'll talk about what we can do. I'll talk about what we can fulfill. And I will not talk about the great things of God. If we live by sight. Because you know it's not going to, to, to happen yet. Not that it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen yet. In a lot of things we talk about. Right? So we are people of faith. We live by faith. We talk about what God says. We welcome it in a distance. Not, not giving ourselves excuse. Not saying we're not going to do anything. We are doing all we can. But we know we are of a part of a great purpose of God. We are only a part of it. We are starting something. But it takes time. It takes generation. It takes, you know, how, how it's going to be fulfilled. Otherwise, if we live by sight, if I live by sight, look at this morning, look at the number that we have, you cry. You want to bury yourself you know, in a grave and say, forget it, it's not going to be done. No. I'm talking about in generations to come, this is what's going to happen. It's not me. I can't do it. God, you will bring it to pass. So we must be people who are living by faith because our father Abraham lived by faith. And all who inherit the promise live by faith, not by sight. I hope this morning we understand what it is to live by faith and not by sight. We will talk what God says. We will talk big, but we're not uh, uh, bragging, right? We're talking because this is what God says. This is the word of God. This is what we live for. Okay, let me just also correct uh, one demonic attack on uh, people, on us. Some people, they will accuse preacher for saying, oh, uh, he doesn't live what he preach. Okay, he doesn't live what he preach. Let me tell you, this is a demonic attack that wants to suppress us so that we Christians dare not talk so big because we know we can't do it. So we don't want to talk about Jesus healed so much. You know, only those who have cough and cold so we tell them Jesus healed. Those who have cancer will say, oh, we'll pray for you. We'll pray for you. You know, but, but you see, that's a demonic attack that oppress us so that we cannot speak what God says. You know, can anyone preach... Preach about loving God with all our heart, giving all our sacrifice. If we leave it, we can't. I'm still struggling. I'm still, I'm still trying to learn. Hey, this is what God says. I'm still learning how to give myself and how to, to, to trust God with all I have. It's a journey. You know, so don't you dare accuse other people who talk the Word of God. Because if it's the Word of God, it is the Word of God. We cannot minus the Word of God. You see, if I minus the word of God, then what do I preach? I preach what you, you our level, human level. You see? But, but we are the same. We are, you know, we are all human. We are all trying to live what God wants for us to live. So we will talk because that's faith. You know, when we have no children, we say we are fathers of, of, of many children. Abraham. And did he struggle with his faith? Yes, he struggled, but he, he followed God because this is what God says. Okay, so don't you allow Satan to intimidate you and, and, and so that you always talk on the level of sight, human level, 
what you can do. You know, we talk what God says. Because the more we talk about it, the more our faith arises, the more we're able to break through. Right? So don't let Satan attack us in that way. Or, or don't you do the work of Satan to accuse, you know, uh, preacher or pastors. You know, we are human. Right? But we talk the word of God, not man's word, not man's standard. So bear in mind, all these great men of faith, when they die, they have not received what God has promised. But they have been talking about it. They have been talking about it. And when they die, they die in faith. Believing it will come. Okay, so that's the spirit. That's, that's our father Abraham. That's how we should live. Okay? So, get excited about the kingdom. Talk about the kingdom. Talk about transformation. Talk. Even though in your heart, maybe in your mind, you may be wondering, how is it going to happen? Forget it. Never mind. Keep talking. And keep rising up. Keep breaking through in your faith. Right? I talk about true sons of Abraham. Let's go back to Isaac. The two, we talk about true sons of Abraham who inherit the inheritance. Isaac. How, how did he secure his name? His name was given by God himself. Right? Because, uh, let's read that verse. In Genesis 17, verse 19, Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. You see, that name was given by God. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. So the same promise was given to Isaac. Was it just because he, Abraham and Sarah gave birth to him then in an area? Isaac has to go through. The scripture must be consistent. Isaac has to go through what Abraham has gone through in order to secure that name. Remember when Abraham brought him up to Mount Moriah to be the sacrifice? Isaac, at this time, as we understand, maybe 13, 14 years old, and he understands what it means to sacrifice. So as they were going up the mountain, he asked the father, you know, the fire, the knife, the wood, where is the sacrifice? So he understands everything about sacrifice. He's not a little boy who don't know nothing. About, the father put it on the, on, on the altar, on the wood, and, and he also blurred. Just, you know, he's not. He's a young man who understands what it is to sacrifice. And as a young man of that age, teenager, 11, 13, uh, 12, 13, if you don't have the same vision, if you don't have the same heart and the same spirit, let me ask you, if you are 11 to 13, when you know you are going to be that sacrifice, what would you do? You would run. You would think that this is a crazy old man. Right. You would fight him. You know, not, not when you are 6, 7, you probably don't know anything you, you can find. You can outrun the old man. So Isaac can escape. Isaac can run away. But he didn't. You know something? Credit go to Abraham. Credit go to Abraham. Whatever Isaac know about God is from the Father. So Abraham, during those years of growing up, the Bible says their relationship was so close. Abraham loved him so much. You know, 
Yeah. So, what was he talking to Isaac? Just playing around, playing marble, high and sick with him? No. Abraham was telling Isaac everything about his birth, his miraculous birth, when he was 100 years old, as good as dead. He was telling him about the promises, the inheritance that God has spoken to him and is going to pass down to you, Isaac. Abraham would tell him, you know, why the family conflict with Ishmael? Because the promise wasn't given to, to Ishmael. That's why Ishmael has to live, you know, the family conflict. Because Isaac would be asking, you know, where is my, my brother Ishmael? What happened? So Abraham would have to explain, you, Isaac, you, through you, God is going to uh, 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 pass down that, 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 that promise and inheritance. It's you. So Isaac was receiving all this thing. And Isaac knew the father isn't a father who speaks one thing and do another. He knew the heart of the father is totally given to God. Whatever father says, he knows exactly what God says. And he will obey. And now that father is going to do this, present this sacrifice, he wasn't a crazy old man. He's a man who fears God. He's a man who knows what God wants. He's a man who will give everything, whatever God says. And even though, you know, Isaac probably don't understand too much about the, the, the significance, he knew this is what God wants. My father Abraham will not touch me, will not hurt me because he loved me so much. He will never do anything like that. But now that he is prepared because God spoke to him, God wanted him to do that. So because of that, Isaac, he obeyed. He knows his God. He knows he has to be that sacrifice because God has spoken to the Father. And that's why Isaac gave up everything. He lay down there. He did not run away. He submitted. And that's how he entered into his name, Isaac. He's not a perfect man, but he entered because of his willingness to give to God. Uh, that's, that's Isaac. What about Jacob? Jacob's name was not given by God. Jacob's name was given by the parents when, when Esau and Jacob were still in the womb. Uh, when Esau came out and Jacob was holding on to the heel of the brother, he was trying to get out before the brother. So because of that, the parents named him Jacob. You see the difference? Isaac was given by God. The, Jacob, the name was given by the parents. But the true name of Jacob, he's not Jacob. The true name is Israel. That's his true name. That's the name that God has given to him. But Jacob, in his early years, you know, he's striving, he's struggling to gain a name for himself. He doesn't realize the name that God gives is the greatest name that you could ever have. So in his earlier part of his life, he's just struggling, striving, scheming to have his own way to gain a name for himself. I shared with you earlier, God chose him. Not because he's good, but God chose him because he's willing to fight for his name. 
God is looking for people who are willing to fight for His name, for their name. So how did Jacob enter into his real name Israel? You know the story. He wrestled with the angels until he gave up everything and hang on to the servant of God, to the angel. In other words, he now he just want God to bless him. Nothing else. He's willing to give his all and everything to get God's blessing. Not, not his own way, not other ways, but to get God's blessing. And that's the time he entered his name Israel. Okay? So you see the, the path? You've got to give up everything. You know, when you're willing to do that, trusting God totally, that's the time you enter into your name. So that's when Jacob became Israel. All those who inherit the promise, they are living by faith when they die. Oh, no exception. So this morning, I hope we can see the pattern so that there's no, there's no shortcut. There's no other way. So don't try and scheme. Don't try and plan, uh, do your plan B or whatever. There's no other way for you to enter into your name except to walk like our father Abraham and everyone who inherit the promise. Okay, we're not, I'm not talking about salvation, please. We're not talking about earning our salvation. We're not talking. We're talking about as sons and daughters. How do we enter into what God has for us? Yeah, uh, and, and, uh, and, and this is how we, we need to, to live. Okay, so uh, that was uh, Jacob. We have other examples in the Bible. It's all the same. David, this shepherd boy, even though God has called him to be king. But that's not his name. That's not the fullness of his name. Because his true name that God wants to give him is that David will establish the throne of David that from generation after generation there will always be the son of David who sit and reign throughout, throughout forever. Forever. That was David's Great name. You know, to be king was just part of the name. But to be that, to establish that throne, where from now on, there will always be his descendants who sit on the throne forever. You read the Bible. Forever. Jesus, the son of David, sits on the throne of David and reigns forever. That is David's true name. How did he enter into that name? He was doing good. He loved God. He seek after God. He do God's will. He entered into that name when he decided to give God everything to build the temple of God. He wants to build not just a temple, a temple, but a temple that matched God's name, God's greatness. A magnificent temple that befits the name of God. And he's willing to sacrifice. He's willing to give whatever God has given to him. And when that's not enough, he tells the people, Now, I've given, I've prepared from my own treasure, from the, 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 the government side, you know, the, the treasury. Uh, I, I've done everything. It's still not enough. Now you give. You see, when David was willing because of the blessing of God, because of the goodness of God, because of all this, he's willing to give his all to build the kingdom of God. Not his own palace, 
not his own kingdom, but a temple where the nations will come and worship God. A nation, the temple that is so magnificent, not just for the Israelites, for the nations to honor God. You see, he lives for the kingdom. And because he's willing to do that, he enters his true name. He enters his true name. So, the path is the same. Okay? Uh, let me just read to you. Your house, God is speaking to David, and your kingdom will endure forever before me. Your throne will be established forever. That was David's name. That was the meaning behind uh, what God has called David to, to, to do. I think I, I was, I'll stop because otherwise I would not uh, be able to, to, to continue. But, but let me just, just share a little and then we close. But first of all, let me get that verse for you. It's something that I've just spoken a moment ago. Uh, but let me get that verse for you. Okay, I know, I know where to get it. Right. Hebrews eleven sixteen. Hebrews eleven sixteen. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. For he has prepared a city for them. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God. Why? Because these men are living by faith. They are living for the kingdom of God. They are living, you know, uh, to, they are doing exploit. God is not ashamed to be called their God. Reverse it. When there are many, many churches, many Christians, many people in this world, the way we talk, and we say we are Christian, I think God is covering His face. He's so ashamed. Please, you know, don't say you are a child of God. Don't say, because it doesn't match what you're talking. You know, the way you talk, the little, you know, mind, the little faith. That's not God. That's not me. You are shaming me. You know, but talking about this man of faith, God say. Wow, he's not ashamed to be their God. So this morning, would God be so proud of you and say, hey, you know, keep talking, keep talking. Or is he trying to say, hey, please shut up, please don't talk like that. You know, that's not me. Keep quiet. We have to ask ourselves, what, what are we talking about? What are we living for? So when God look at us as individuals, you know, I hope he'll be able to talk to Satan and say, have you seen my servant, Job? Have you seen this guy? Have you seen that guy? You have you seen? You know, he's not ashamed. He's not ashamed of us. Right? So we've got to rise. We've got to talk the way the Word of God speaks. We've got to live by faith, not by sight. Right? Ah, we are not holy in all its sense, but because the Word of God says we are holy, so we say we are holy. But there are still things we struggle with, but we speak the Word of God because it's by His grace, it's by His power. We keep talking, we keep talking the Word of God. Right? That is living by faith, not by sight. A 
lot of us, we are just living with our heads down because we are living by sight. We feel so unworthy. We feel cannot. We, we feel so small. Why? Because you're living by sight. You're looking at what you can do and you talk that way. But God said, you, you live by faith. You speak what I speak and you begin to rise up and break through into what I have for you. Let's all stand.